Hi guys, I'm Amy Anorado, and you're listening to another one of our DMN 101 podcasts. I'm here today with Rick Calvillo, founder and CEO of Nanigans, an incremental revenue advertising platform based out of Boston. Thanks for joining us, Rick. Say hi. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so today uh, we're going to dive right in uh, just for a chat about digital ad spend. Reacher shows that marketers are projected to spend upwards of $37.5 billion in digital advertising this year. And almost two-thirds of that will be designated to completely programmatic. So I guess just to get started, you know, for your company and for what Nanigan does, um, can you talk a little bit about how you view incremental revenue and, and how that kind of plays a role in the way people are thinking about programmatic and digital ads? Sure. Thanks. So Nanigans uh, is currently optimizing uh, our customers' remarketing spend on on the lift, on the incremental um, revenue attributed to the ads. So the actual net new revenue caused by the ads. Most digital advertising, um, on the other hand, is is uh, gains attribution based on clicks or views and not on the actual lift from the ads. And so it's, a, it's kind of a novel approach uh, and it's a hard thing to do, but we've trained machine learning models to predict in real time how much more revenue a given advertiser, like a merchant, e-commerce merchant, will get uh, you know, by showing the ad. And we bid, use, we bid in real time using that incremental prediction. Uh, we believe that most advertising today is mistakenly um, optimized for the wrong metric or the wrong goal and doesn't lead to um, as much uh, lift in revenue as, as possible. That's interesting. Can you tell me a little bit about what the wrong kind of metrics would be or, or how marketers might not be hitting the targets they need to? Right. Most digital advertising um, applies credit to an ad based on clicks on that ad or or views right if if a particular user uh, views the ad or we believe they viewed the ad so the, the impression was delivered to their browser or phone uh, and then they subsequently in some time period buy something from from the advertiser there's an assumption of causality that the ad caused the the conversion or the purchase but in reality, that user may have, may have been planning to buy anyway. Um, so if you imagine, um, you know, you go to a website and you look at a pair of shoes, uh, you then leave the website and you have every intention of buying that pair of shoes, but you just haven't gone back yet. And then you see an ad that reminds you, oh, yeah, I got to go back. Um, you use the ad at that point almost like navigation. You click on the ad. To, to get back to the site and you buy the shoes. Had the ad not been there, the question is whether you would have remembered to go back anyway. Now, if you, the next time maybe you got home and like remember that you needed this new pair of shoes, you probably would have, you probably would have gone back anyway. So in, in many cases, like uh, we think about half of digital ad spend is for, uh, for, the, for those use cases where the user's gonna buy the product anyway and the ad's getting credit, but it really shouldn't have got a credit. That's interesting. So I feel like that's a lot of, that talks a lot to kind of retargeting mm -hmm. efforts and, and how advertisers are really kind of 
taking advantage of, you know, people who have made contact with the site or kind of moved around. Maybe they've clicked on a couple of products or add some added something to their shopping cart. Right. I guess, you know, when you're when you're making like kind of those qualitative assumptions or kind of basing, you know, these people are, are more likely to purchase something, what should marketers be thinking of? What kind of are there any specific signals that will say, hey, this person is more likely to buy than this person? Yeah, so th- so it turns out that it's not an easy prediction to make, that you need a regression model and machine learning and a lot of data. Because you have to, if you think about it, you have to have seen users like this user uh, based on their behavior, right? So these are anonymous users on your website that say, look at certain types of products, add to cart, come, they, they re, you know, revisit the site so often, uh, they, they were former customers or not, uh, they've clicked on ads or not clicked on ads, and you have to, to in order to predict the, the incremental value of an ad, you have to have seen, first seen people like those users, and then secondly, you've both shown ads to some of them and not shown ads to some of them. So you have to sort of randomly help hold out or hold back certain uh, users and, and and treat them as a control group so you know the difference in conversion rate for similar users uh, for the ad caused by the ad right and so the re- the reason remarketing is a good uh, use case or tactic to start with is we have data on the once the users on your website first of all you have an ident- you have an identity data about them you know who you can you know how to reach them again using a cookie or if it's a phone, using the, the, the ID, IDFA or the phone or whatever, the, the phone's ID. Um, so you have a way to like identify the user. Secondly, you have data on the user, behavior data of them, from them interacting with your website. And that, that behavior data is crucial to predicting a conversion in the future. So it turns out that most e-commerce websites at least, uh, our model can predict with about 90, 90 plus over 90% accuracy, uh, whether or not the probability that someone will convert in the next seven to 30 days. So, there's, so that with that accuracy of being able to predict a conversion, you can also accurately predict whether that user would convert, uh, how much more they would convert with an ad. So you have basically two, uh, two, two samples or, or, or two data sets. One similar users with ads, another similar users without ads. And if the, if the predictions are accurate, then you can take the difference of those two, two predictions to know what the causal effect of the ad is. And that's the right, the right way to bid, especially on remarketing users, which are at the bottom of the funnel. You've already spent all this money to get them to your website in the first place. You might as well not continue to waste money on them, especially the ones that are about to, about to purchase. But it's not just that. The other, the other, um, the other opportunity is to show ads to people that may be unlikely to purchase but that but you can but for whom you can make it more likely and so most algorithms today would not show those people ads because on a post-impression basis they have still a low conversion rate expected um, but the lift if the lift is high meaning one, just one out of a, you get you get some new customers that you wouldn't have otherwise gotten uh, you know, it may be worthwhile. So if you think about it, one audience that maybe has a 1% likelihood of converting uh, that you move with ads to a 
3% likelihood of converting, still only has a 3% likelihood, but there's 2%, it's, you've gotten, you know, with 100 people, you've gotten two more, two more customers. If, on the other hand, you've got another audience that's very highly likely to convert, like, say, has a 10% likelihood, and you move them by 2%, so to 12%, they're overall still only 12% likely. But those ads that move the 10% to 12% or the 1% to 3%, those are equally good ads. In both cases, you're getting two new customers out of 100. Right. So today's advertising optimization will only show ads to that 10% audience. We'll never buy ads for the low for the 1% audience. Yeah, and I guess, you know, when you think about those are two entirely different kind of campaigns that marketers are running to mm -hmm. kind of capitalize on, you know, maybe the kind of the bottom of the funnel, maybe people have made past purchases or have had positive interactions mm -hmm. with right. the brand before, and then also, you know, customer acquisition. So I guess, you know, from I mean, a just to give sorry, sorry oh, to no, answer of your course. question on the last one, just to give yeah. uh, an example of a feature that would be uh, counterintuitive actually uh, is that people who click on ads in who have clicked on ads recently for that for that merchant are actually less likely to be incrementally affected by another ad because they've already clicked on an ad they're already back at the site okay so although they have a tendency to click on ads like the probability they'll click on another ad is high because They've shown that they're, they're willing to click on ads, and, and most people are not willing to click on ads. But the fact that they clicked on an ad and came back to the site recently means they're probably going to buy anyway. They're, they're not going to be, the, 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 the value of another ad is actually lower uh, incrementally. The incremental value of another ad is, is lower. So things like that, whether they're a customer or not, like um, matters. Uh, the time since this, the last visit matters. So there's sort of a sweet spot. If they were just on the site, the ads are not going to be very incremental. If they were, if they were there, you know, the sweet spot may be two, three days ago. That, that may be the, the best time to hit them with an ad to come back. If they haven't been there for 45 days, it could be all bets are, are, are off, right? There's, just, there's no way to get them back. Yeah. So there's a sweet spot of time to hit, hit people to try to bring them back. That's interesting that you talk about cadence because I know a lot of the times people, there's also that, you know, you could turn customers off if you serve them ads every five seconds and like kind of right. finding that sweet spot, you know, is, mm -hmm. is there a perfect number or is that something that varies dependent on, you know, your company and, and where you are and, and what your journey so, looks like? Uh, for the, it's a hard problem to, to solve for, incre for incremental return because the only way you know is to A-B test the two scenarios. So you can show ads to people who were recently on the site, uh, let's say in the last hour, and then you can show ads to people that are, say, longer than that, but you have to exclude. The only way to know is to A-B test those two groups and keep those groups separate. So one group you randomly select, you only show them ads in the last hour, you know, hour since, and that's it. The other group, you, you know, you show them after that or something. And so you have to have clean a clean separation. Uh, it's called bucket testing or A/B testing. Uh, whereas, whereas in non-incremental optimization, you can just look at the click-through rate. You basically show ads to everybody, and you see where you're getting the most clicks. And and you would actually see that the most clicks come from people the more recent they've been on the site. So, for instance, in travel, it's like critically important to show the ad right away after they've been on the travel website, uh, like within seconds. And, but 
that's for getting click click based attribution. That doesn't mean the ad is incremental, but the whole industry is showing ads based on getting clicks, uh, which is a, basically a waste of money. Interesting, interesting, and that's that kind of brings around the point to being able to bid right so that the ads are placed at the moments when you need to be placed. And yep. as this space kind of becomes more crowded and people are investing more and spending more money in the bidding process, what should marketers be thinking about in order to make sure that you know they're making the right choices at the right times and kind of getting that return on spend as they, as they put together their kind of bidding processes? I mean, I think that marketers should have a way to use machine learning and re regression-based models to predict these things because the number of inputs, the number of features that matter are, you know, I mean, there's at least 50 plus features. And then if you, if you take all the combinations of those, you know, it gets into millions of combinations, billions of combinations. So there's no way a human being necessarily can predict um, correctly what, what, what is incremental or not. You know, it could be that, uh, you know, you may assume that, that c previous customers don't need to be shown ads like that would be an, an overgeneralization, for instance. Like we see that some, the more, some customers are incrementally affected, some customers are not incrementally affected. May also depend on the product, you know, maybe how active they are as a customer, multi, you know, combined with which types of products you're talking about. Are they expensive products? You know, what's, what's the consideration period of the product? How long does it take someone to actually make a decision? Um, yeah, it could be the device that you show the ad on. It could be the time of day. It could be, you know, that people are in the decision, sort of decision-making mode at certain times of the day, day of the week. And there's all kinds of uh, combinations of things that matter to make an ad more or less valuable. So it's, it's not something that we don't believe a human being can, can figure out in Excel. Uh, it really is a regression model, and it's a ton of data as well, so it's it's really a machine learning sort of system that need, is needed. Okay, especially kind of in this in this transition as things are are kind of of getting more complex. So it's interesting to see yeah. how you know marketers are sort of thinking about it that way. And where do you think I guess kind so of the, the only the, yeah. the only thing about optimizing for incrementality, which makes it difficult, is you you have to have some data about the users. You have to know something. You have to have features on the users, properties of the users that would be indicative of whether or not they're gonna be affected by ads or not, right? And so with remarketing, that's easy because you have the behavior data. You can just, you don't necessarily know whether they're male or female or, or their age or, you know, you don't have profile data about them, but you do know what behavior they're exhibiting on the site. With prospecting, you really have to have your own data to predict uh, a priori what the user's gonna do. And a lot of prospecting today happens on the websites, you know, Google and Facebook. Uh, so if you don't know who they're targeting, you know, they're behind the walled garden or behind the firewall, if you will, then it's really up to those um, publishers to, to do the optimization. So that's why we as a third party are, are starting with remarketing, the remarketing use case, because by definition the data is available, that data is needed to, be, to, predict, to predict the lift. Thank you. That was absolutely fantastic, and that gives you know our audience a lot to think about. You know, as they kind of think about how they retarget and and plan for their digital ad yep. strategies. I wanted to thank you so much for joining us today, and yep. uh, to all the listeners out there, thank you for uh, for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.